Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. He will present help in time of trouble. And our adversary again is the devil described in 1 Peter 5, 8. So with this understanding, the psalmist wrote, Therefore, we will not fear. Understanding that God is our shelter, that God is our might, He, he is our refuge, and He is our strength, then we shall not fear. We shall not fear, because we know that God is those two things. Although we have an enemy that is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, God is our shelter and our refuge. Today, Pastor Eric will be reminding us that if we live by fear, we aren't having faith in God. Purpose to obey God's commands and remain in prayer, and the enemy's fiery darts won't take you out. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. What does grab hold of Jesus mean? Well, accept him and receive him because you have faith that he is your way to God. Because remember what Jesus said. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if we want to get to the Father, we must go through Jesus. And so the devil is looking for whom he may destroy. And let me tell you this, my friends. You will not be destroyed when you have Jesus. You will not be destroyed when you have Jesus. So the next thing that we see after David taking the ephod is that David prays. There is power in prayer. A a line that we can go to the throne room of God and and have the Spirit of God pray through us back to the Father, the things that he places on our heart. You know, the things that you pray for, those t- the times of intensity of spiritual warfare, do you think that is a coincidence that you're praying for those things? No. There's a God in heaven who sees the heavenly realm. He sees the spiritual warfare going on, and he wants his children to be praying back to him. Prayer is powerful. The devil is looking for whom he may destroy. Think about that. He's looking to pick people off. And he's doing a good job, I would say. You look at the the results of the countries and the fighting and the hate. That's not coming from our Father in heaven. It's coming from the Father of lies. So another thing we must do when the enemy is pursuing us is, yes, we have Jesus and we need Jesus, but now through Jesus' name, we can come to the throne room of God. So you can pray. You can pray. Pray. You have Jesus in your life. You have the access. You have full access to the Father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't take that so not seriously. It is a powerful thing. Not everyone could go through the Holy of Holies, but when Jesus Christ died, the veil was torn in two so that we could come into the Holy of Holies into the presence of God because of his sacrifice. That is powerful. The Bible says God hears the prayers of the righteous. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
You and I are the righteous only through the blood of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we can become the righteousness of God in who? Jesus Christ. So through Jesus, we have access to God, and then God hears our cries, and then God delivers us from our troubles, just as we see here in 1 Samuel 23. We see that, that God has delivered the Philistines, or David, from the hand of the Philistines. He went to prayer, though. He prayed. And the thing about the Old Testament is, is like, you, you might be thinking, well, they didn't have Jesus. But those in the Old Testament who believed in God, they were looking towards the cross, okay? Now, the people in the New Testament, in the time that we live in, we look back to the cross. And we're looking at the cross, though, because they knew of the promised Messiah. They knew of God's word, And so David was leaning towards God in all his ways. He had faith in him. And so God gives David the answers he was looking for. He answered the prayer of the righteous. David, knowing the responses, leaves. David asked God and God responded. Do you believe that God responds to your prayers? I hope so, because he does. (laughs) David hears the words of God. When we ask God through Jesus, God hears because of Jesus, not because of you. He hears because of Jesus. And he sees you, if you have put that faith and trust into Jesus, he sees you as pure and holy because of what Jesus has done, not what you have done, but what Christ has done. So the righteousness that God sees, he sees in you, he sees his son. So he's going to listen to his son, right? He hears the heart of the righteous and he delivers them from the heart of trouble. Praise God that he doesn't see me. (laughs) Knowing that we are being pursued by an enemy, we must continue to be in fellowship with God. Seeking after his will. And this is accomplished through Jesus. So in the summary of this first section, we need Jesus. We need Jesus for our anti-terror plan. We need Jesus. Continuing on to verses 14 and 15. And David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness. After he took off, right, of Keilah. And David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. So God protects David. He protects him. David flees to the mountains of Ziph, And it says, did you guys catch that? Saul was in pursuit of him every single day. Taking that now into the spiritual world. The enemy is in pursuit of you every single day. But God protect David from Saul. Just as God protects his children from the enemy. 
The Bible says that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1. The word refuge refers to shelter. So God shelters us from danger. The word then strength refers to might. God is our might. So when our enemy seeks us, God is your shelter and God is your might. And with God being your shelter and God being your might, he will help us with our adversary. He will present help in time of trouble. And our adversary, again, is the devil, described in 1 Peter 5, 8. So with this understanding, the psalmist wrote, Therefore, we will not fear. Understanding that God is our shelter, that God is our might, he, he is our refuge, and he is our strength, then we shall not fear. We shall not fear because we know that God is those two things. The idea, the understanding that the enemy seeks us daily can bring fear into one's life. You can fear the attacks. You can see it. And, and it's to see it with a spiritual lens, to see that the opposition is coming towards you and the, the, the opposition is tempting the flesh to sin because the flesh is weak. And, and, and so then the, the, the flesh then goes into the fear mode. I'm afraid. I'm scared. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to fear. Because God is your strength. God is your might. He is your shelter. He is your refuge. Here in God's word, we see that we need not to fear. Because God is a mighty God. He is our present help He is our present help from our adversary. And this is a promise of God. This is a promise from God. Therefore, what do you do with the promises of God? Do you take them as just a feel-good promise, or do you truly believe that this will take place? Psalm 46.1 is a promise from God. He says that I am, God is our refuge and strength of very present and help in trouble. That is a promise of God. So as a believer, do you really take that as a promise? Or do you look at it as, as just a feel-good message? Oh, that's really good to read. I'm going to post that on Facebook. Boop. When you're in fear, when the enemy is pursuing you, hold on to that scripture. And remember that the adversary is seeking you daily. But with God, he is going to be your present help. He is going to be there because his word says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Another promise of God. Not only believe in the promises of God, but we, we need to trust in those promises of God. There's differences between faith and trust. Faith is believing that God said it. Trust is letting God take you through it. Do you just believe it? Try trusting in it as well. Continuing on in verses 16 through 18, we see this. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. 
You shall be the king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. So here we see Jonathan comes back onto the scene. Jonathan was David's closest friend. They were brothers, in a sense. Not physically brothers, but they were spiritually connected. They had that bond, a bond that most men in the military probably have with their unit, you know? That, 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 that comrade, my brother, that you would do anything for him or her. And so David encounters Jonathan, and the words of Jonathan are, are very precious because here it would, re- would reveal to me that David was afraid of the pursuing of Saul. Because Jonathan says to him, hey, man, good to see you in a sense. Don't fear. My dad is not going to get you. He's not going to find you. You know, you're, you're the next king over Israel, and I'm going to be next to you. And my dad knows that. And so he comes and he encourages David. Jonathan encourages David. A time when we, he was fearful, he brings encouragement to his brother. So looking at this scheme of thing, if we're looking at an anti-terror plan that God has given us, number one, he says, get Jesus. Number two, pray. And here's the number three thing, encouraging one another. Encourage. <laughs> so we see this another piece of the puzzle. And so when we're being pursued by the enemy, we see here in the Bible, in the Word of God, a friend encourages a friend not to fear and to remind that friend and installs into them the Word of God. What, da- what Jonathan spoke to David is exactly what God told David. You're going to be the next king. He encourages him. He puts him back on that path. And he says, hey, don't freak out during this time of, of trial. We know that the, de- the de- devil and the enemy seeks to kill us, all of us. Here's the thing that doesn't need to happen. The last thing that you and I need is an attack from a brother or sister in Christ. That is the last thing that I need. Because remember who the battle is against. It's against the enemy, the principalities, the darkness, the wickedness of this age, Satan and his motley crew, man. <laughs> the last thing that I need is an attack from my brothers and sisters. That's the last thing that you guys needed. Is the last thing that you need is an attack. You know? It's the last thing that we need to do. The devil is enough trouble. Amen? <laughs> He's enough trouble, man. He makes a mess of everything. The body of Christ must not add to the attacks. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, he's saying, you guys are already doing this. My question to you is, are you doing it? Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we encouraging one another? Are we edifying each other, building each other up? Or are we tearing each other down? Paul knew that the church in Thessalonica was doing it. So then the, the question then to us is, is Calvary and Coolidge doing it? Could those words be to us? Sections 
last section, section 19 through 29. And I'm leaving that with you because I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer it. It's between you and God if you're doing it. If you're not, then I would say repent. And God is faithful to forgive you. Amen? Amen. Faithful to forgive us as a church. Verses 19 through 29. Then the Zephonites came up to Saul and Gibeah and say, saying, Is David not hiding with us in the strongholds in the woods and in the hills of, of Himelech, which is on the south of Jesom? Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the, elder, all the desires of your soul to come down, and all part shall be delivered, delivered, I'm sorry, shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and, and who has seen him there, for I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you. And it, and it shall be, if he is in the land, that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. Verse 24. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, and in the plain on the south of Jesh. Jessamon. And when Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Verse 26, then Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore, Saul returned from the pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the rock of escape. Verse 29, then David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds at en So the Zephonites tell Saul where David is at. He gives them the whereabouts. And Saul blesses them in the name of the Lord. Now, side note, here is a prime example that not everyone who uses the name of the Lord is for the Lord or who follows God. So David then moves when he hears that Saul is closing in. Saul wanted to know. He's like, hey, he's kind of a crafty guy, you know, so make sure that he's there before I come. And so uh, reports are that he's there. So Saul and his men go and find him. And, you know, David's on one side of the mountain. Then Saul's over here on this side. And they're just circling each other, coming against. And it's coming to the point when Saul and his men were coming around David and his men. But then all of a sudden, oh, uh, hey, boss, the Philistines are attacking. Oh, that's just a, that just happens, right? Man, that's a power move from God delivering David. A power move. (laughs) What's my interpretation of this section? A classic cat and mouse game. (laughs) So here we see the enemy in pursuit of David, and David does not wait around. He moves. He moves. God then comes in and sends the enemy away. James 4, 7 says this, Therefore submit to God, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
David submitted to God and resisted Saul, and Saul fled away. Submit means this, to put under. So put yourself under God, and he will shelter you from trouble because he is our might. He is your might and strength. That puts a whole nother look to one nation under God, doesn't it? To submit, to put under, to submit to God. When you do this, God gives us a promise. And that promise is, is that the devil... Your adversary will flee. Because the word resist means to withstand or to oppose opposition. So that means that when when God is saying, submit to me, resist the devil, you mean that you're going to oppose the devil and the enemy and his ways, and you are going to follow the ways of God, and then God comes in with another promise and says, the devil, your adversary, will flee. He will be gone just as we see here in Samuel 23, the hot pursuit of Saul. But yet a man like David who was submitted unto the Lord and resisted Saul, and then all of a sudden in verse 27, God then sends the enemy away. That too can happen in your life. That too can happen in the times that the enemy is bringing terror in your life. This is the Bible's anti-terror plan. The enemy is pursuing you and me, this church. <laughs> we, must need, we, we need Jesus. We need Jesus and to submit to God and to resist the enemy and then the enemy will flee. And again tonight, in order to have God, you need Jesus. And Jesus brings the whole package of God into one's life, including the defender feature. The defender feature, that's all inclusive with Jesus Christ. Not only does he forgive you of sins, but he is promising to defend you. Amen? Because the Bible says that even if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Advocate means defender, okay? But here in the text, we see that Jesus will also defend us against the enemy because the enemy has no victory against Jesus and the house of God and the kingdom of God. The enemy has been defeated. They're just causing havoc and trying to take down whoever they can take down with them. But I know his future. Do you? The enemy, Satan, our adversary, he's got a spot reserved for him in the lake of fire. And I think it's okay as we have those attacks by the the enemy to remind them of their fate. I know where you're going to be at. You're going to be in the lake of fire. And you could yell at it if you want. (laughs) Like, you're coming at me, right? (laughs) I'm coming at you with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit has conquered you. We need Jesus. Jesus, how is that conquered? How is that defending? How is that victory won? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. 
That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.